Hello, 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 everyone. How are we? Good? Oh, it's filled up a lot in here. When we first started, there was like 12 people. Nice. Um, yeah, my name is Cody. If you don't, haven't met me yet, I'm on staff here at CLA. So super excited to have you here this morning. Um, I'm, I, I might go, can someone get me another water? I might go through this. I don't know, the smoke, a benefit of this smoke is it's keeping me more hydrated than I've ever been in my entire life because I've just been so thirsty and I just can't get enough. If that's the one thing, I don't think there's anything else that's good from it. So anyways, as Rose had for mentioned, uh, Tim is not here. Um, our attendance here at CLA is almost cut in half when his family does not show up because there are so many of them, but we're going to make it through this. Um, please don't call or text or, or reach out to Tim in the next, I think, two more weeks. Uh, he, this man deserves a break more than anyone I've ever met in my life. Uh, it's, it's a job being a pastor, and it takes a lot of a toll. Oh, Shelly with the, the whole picture. Come on. <laughs> I'll never thirst again. All right. Um, there's something biblical we can draw parallels to in that for sure. So I'm um, excited to share with you this morning. Um, we have changed kind of the sequence with how we're doing church. So if you weren't here last week, this is kind of our summer trial run. And so as a staff, as interns, we've kind of discussed, okay, what is it? What do we want to get out of CLA? What do we want to get out of a Sunday morning context? And so typically, you know, we have the worship and then we have the announcements and then the speaker and then it's done. Um, and so what we're doing is we're refining it a little bit, so a little bit less worship, and then my message is only going to be 20 minutes instead of 40 minutes, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, and the extra 11 to 11.30 that would normally be me just talking more is going to be just a community time. So we really felt like a lot of people, especially in the last season that we've been in, um, either you're com most people are coming to church for the speaking aspect or the worship aspect or the community aspect. And the thing is, children's ministry is running all the way through. So parents, you can drop them down there. You don't have to worry about them. NEMA will take care of them. Um, but we just really felt like... Uh, Focusing on community and having that time where, you know what, sometimes we can't create space within the week to go to a small group, to go to different things like that. But on a Sunday, we're here, so we're just going to build that community aspect. And that's what our heart is family here at CLA. So we're just further going towards that and progressing towards that. So thank you so much. We have the support. Um, so again, we had our market last Sunday. Yes, yes. And my, my, most of my message is going to be affiliated with the market and the heart behind it. And so we heard many, many great things about it. Um, all of the vendors that I talked to, all of the people that were attending were so excited. Um, they, were, they were just like, when is the next one? And I had so many people, actually most of the people I talked to saying, let's do one in, in, in September again. And Nama and myself had planned most of this. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, that's a lot of work that goes into this. So we're going to rain check that maybe. We don't know. We got to come back to it. But um, people are excited. And they're saying this is what the community needs. They need something to gather around. They need this thing where people from all over the area, they, they hear the live music. They see the amazing things happening, the petting zoo, the vendors. And the vendors themselves and the people that are involved themselves were, when can we sign up for the next one? And so literally the Christmas market, I could fill 40 vendors tomorrow based on just the success of this last event. So thank you so much for those of you who came and helped. And we're excited to just continue on in doing this. And so the heart of these events, and some of you may be like, why are, why are we doing this? You know, 
you know, why do we have a market? It's kind of random. Um, it's kind of the hipster thing to do. Markets are really in right now. Support local is really in right now. But what the heart is that we would be a hub and create a community where the, the, the city and the, the neighborhood that we're in would say, oh, CLA, we love those people. OCLA, that's the place where my heart was transformed. OCLA, like you can go there for anything you need and they're going to help you. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the heart of outreach. And the out, I, this is something that I myself have neglected a lot in certain seasons of my life. And it's, I think it's easy to kind of just clock into the rhythm of doing, you know, Sunday morning church and coming into the building and then going home and then that's it. And that's your church experience. But more and more, I felt like the Lord was just convicting me. And he actually was calling me this um, as well. He's like, Cody, you're not called to be a gluttonous Christian. You're not called to just con constantly eat and receive and receive and come on a Sunday morning and have amazing worship and hear a sermon and talk with your friends and receive and receive, but never give anything out in return. And I, it, wildly enough, I had the image of that king, and I, I, his, my, his name is forgetting me right now, but he was so fat that um, he was stabbed, and the hilt of the sword was swallowed up by his fat. And I, for whatever reason, that's a wild story in the Old Testament. I don't think I've ever heard a story on that. Maybe I'll do one one day. That's exciting. But we do not want to be gluttonous Christians. We do not want this sword to be swallowed up in our belly. We give, we've been given the fullness of Christ. And Jesus said, I, it's better for me to leave and send you a helper than for me to remain with you. And the reality is this morning is that helper is with you right now, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he doesn't, he doesn't have a capacity. He doesn't have a limit for how much that you can give out or how much you can receive. The more that you receive, the more you can give out. And so I want to send a little bit of a, maybe it's a convicting message this morning, but I really felt like the Lord was on this, where this CLA needs to be a place where we're giving out. We, do, we can't just go through the motions of a Sunday morning and just keep on receiving, but having no transformation in the hearts of the people that are around us, in our friends, in our coworkers, and in the neighborhood that we're in. And we look at Jesus' model for ministry, and it's a little bit harder to compare it because he was so nomadic with his ministry. He moved from place to place, brought transformation, healing, miracles, and everything wherever he went. And we're kind of situated in one place. And I think there's a lot of benefits that can come from that. And we, 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 we're not constantly moving around. We can build relationship. We can continually pour into people. We don't have to have one conversation and, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going off to Edmonton. I'm off to Lethbridge. You know, and we have itinerant ministers who do that, and that's a beautiful ministry. But here at CLA, we have a place where we are continually here, where we can continually pour into the community that's around us. And that's a blessing, and that's a gift. And I think oftentimes we become short-sighted with what that could look like. And so... It says um, in John 4, we have the story of the, the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well and Jesus. And for whatever reason, every time I'm making a sermon, I'm referencing the chosen every week that I preach. And I, it just helps me like visualize it, you know? And so they have this scene in one of the season two episodes and Jesus tells the disciples, he's like, go get me some food. 
He's like, get out of here. Like, you guys are probably, I don't know what his mentality was. He's like, you guys are going to hold me back. Like, you're going to, he's meeting with a Samaritan woman, which if you watch the episodes or if you know the biblical context, the Jewish people and the Samaritans did not get along. They were arch nemesis. Um, they, they were completely other sides of the city. You don't go through there. You don't even take a path along Samaria. We're going the other way. But Jesus is like, no, we're going right to Samaria. And the disciples were all just like, come on, what are we doing here? So he sends them off to get food for whatever reason. And then he meets this woman at the the well, the Samaritan woman. And if you don't know the context of this, he, he essentially just tells her about her life. And, and he, he, he lets her know that she is known. Hey, I see you. I know your past. I know things that have gone a place, had, had a place in your life. And I see you and I know you. And I want to give you a, a water that will never make you thirst again. There it is. There's that parallel. So we're going to pick up in, in verses 39 to 42. So this is after Jesus tells her everything about her life. And she's had a radical experience with Jesus. And he says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. He knew me. He knows you. He knows everything you've done. He knows everything you're going to do. And he loves you in your dirt and your mess. Because this woman's life wasn't clean and perfect. But he says, hey, I know you and I see you and I want to, I want everything that's best for you. And she feels known and her first response is to tell every single person she knows. So she goes into her city and she begins to proclaim, hey, there's this guy, Jesus. He's the coming Messiah. He knew me. He knew everything about me. And it's, I think this is the first recorded evangelist in the New Testament is this woman. She's sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So as, as we continue on, verse 40, so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we, are no longer, we no longer believe just because of what you've said. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. So we have this woman who's sharing her testimony, and it says here that people are, are believing you know, it's not a, it's not a cry into the, the void where no, no one's being, receiving what she's saying. She's saying, there's this guy and he knows me and he's the coming Messiah. And it says people are believing. And then Jesus comes and they even more believe and they believe even more steadfast after experiencing Jesus himself. And then I love in the chosen where at the end, there's the end of the scene and everything has kind of concluded and the disciples come up and then they're like, where did you, he, Jesus is talking about the bread and they're like, where did you get food? Like you just sent us out to get food and we just had to walk like 30 miles. Why didn't you just tell us you had some? Like I'm hungry too, Jesus. Anyways, I thought it was humorous. So it was the power of the woman's testimony of experiencing Jesus that caused the town to believe. And so we take this story and what do we do if we place it right here, right now in modern time? Oh, the people at CLA, they're following someone and there's something different about them. There's something about the love that they have for one another that I haven't experienced in any other aspect of my life. And, I, and you, need to co- you need to come see, you need to come experience, you need to come know what is going on in this place because it transformed my life. And so that is why we have outreach. That is why we're not made to be contained within the, these four or however many walls are in this building. 
And I want to I want to talk about some experiences that I've had with churches in the past that I've worked with. And this is not a, a comparison game. This is not, I'm not doing this for the sake of let's become them. Let's do their ministry. Let's do exactly what they're doing. But just as an invitation for us to start dreaming of what we can do here. So when I was 18, I believe, or 19, I went on a missions trip, short-term missions trip, and Tim was there with me. He was the leader. If you don't know, Tim was my youth pastor when I was in youth. And we went to Los Angeles to the LA Dream Center. And so the LA Dream Center is connected with the church there, Angeles Temple, and they see so many people radically touched by God. They help the city of LA more than I've ever experienced a church helping the community in my entire life. They have like ministry after ministry of outreach where they adopt, they have a, do, a, adopt a block where they take a food truck to a, um, a low-income neighborhood and then they just serve them food. They have clothing ministries. They have a reconciliation ministry to try to help family members find each other again. You know, there's these unique things. And it says that they've served since 1994, they've served over 8.5 million people. 8.5 million people, that's four times Calgary. So four of Calgary's have actually been served by this one church, whether that's a meal, a Thanksgiving. They, for thank, we were there for Thanksgiving, and we packed up Thanksgiving meals. And for, for five, six hours, we were just packing turkeys into baskets and sending them out. This is, this is what the church is. And the reputation that the Dream Center has is you don't mess with the Dream Center. And they're in a, a rougher area or the area actually the average income and the amount of crime and the amount of violence has decreased significantly since the church has actually been there. And everyone says, you don't mess with the LA Dream Center. Like there's a reputation um, even in the whatever you want to call it, the gangster code of all the gangs that are around. Like you don't touch that church. You don't touch that Dream Center because they help the community. Like, you, if you do it, like, you're going to have to mess with us type of deal. So imagine, like, the reputation because they're, so, they're, they're serving. They're actually being Jesus and expanding the kingdom of heaven and being peacemakers and, be, and sowing love and joy and peace into the community. And that's gained so much respect that they're known uh, across North America now. One more example when I was in my third year of ministry school at Bethel, we did a ministry trip to a place called Isla Vista, which is, which is in Southern California. And um, there's a church, super small church there called Isla Vista Church. And so this church, and I was expecting something big. I don't know why in my mind, but this is very, like, the church was probably a third of the size of our church. And they had a ministry, and it was called Jesus Burgers. And so the, the, if you don't know much about Isla Vista, is, it's essentially just a college, it's a city of college students. Um, and there's, I didn't see one person over the age of 40 the entire time I was there. Like no one lives there permanently. It's just, they all go to the University of Santa Barbara. So it's just a city meant for college kids. So it's the largest party city in, on the Western coast of America. And so we went during spring break, of course. <clears throat> And literally the city shuts down and every house has a house party and the streets are shut down. There's no cars and it's just one huge party. And so Jesus Burgers, they say, okay, what do university students like? Well, they like burgers. So we're going to work with that. And so they decide to just every single Friday of every single week, they have a house and they just serve burgers to intoxicated college students. And 
um, they've served, I think I have this statistic here, it's millions of burgers to people. And anyways, so it's the same thing with that, is the reputation of Jesus Burgers in Isla Vista is so high that you, you don't mess with Isla Vista. Like, you don't mess with Jesus Burgers. Like, those guys, if you steal something from them and someone finds out, like, you're in trouble. There's a reputation that they've actually built around this ministry because it's served and because the people have been so impacted by the way that they've served the people around them with no strings attached. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to act the way I do. You don't have to believe the way I do. Here, have a burger. Let's, let's further this kingdom. And we saw some really cool things happen and we were leading like ministry team groups. So we would just go like through the houses and go through the streets and just like pray for people or just talk to people. And I was with, it was me and somehow it was like me and six girls in my group. So, um, which actually was, it, it worked perfectly. It was God's ordained thing, but we, we met up with, there's like a group of probably six of these girls, you know, slightly intoxicated, um, very into the party lifestyle. And I didn't want to initially, I don't want to initiate conversation just because of the connotations that it would have. So it's, it's great to have a team of girls that would come in and they would start talking to them. And then I just felt this like holy boldness come over me. And I felt God say, hey, Cody, these girls don't know what they're worth. They need to know and you need to tell them from a, a healthy man. And so I, I, I walked up and I, I, I believe there was four or five of them. And I just looked at each of them in the eye. I say, hey, I just want you to know I'm so sorry for the men that have hurt you in your life. I'm so sorry for the men who have taken advantage of you. And I... On, on behalf of them, I want to apologize, and I want you to know that you are so worthy of love, like real love, like not fake love that is a one-night thing. And these girls began to just sob, and they were experiencing the love of God. And all, I mean, I think I started crying, and all the girls started crying, so there's just like a circle of us, and we're in the middle of a street, like the main street, and there's a circle of a dozen of us, and we're all just weeping. And people are coming by like, are you okay? Is everything okay here? And we're just hugging each other. And I'm just saying, and they're like, you, and I, I'll always remember the words that this girl said. She says, don't ever stop telling people this. Don't ever stop telling people your story. Don't ever stop telling people. Don't, the Samaritan woman, I don't think she ever stopped. Even after they experienced Jesus, I think for the rest of her life, she was saying, this is the Jesus that he knew me and he transformed me. And so CLA, what is our reputation going to be? Are we going to be a place where I can look into the eyes of the people that are coming in or that are at our events that we're holding the hub where people are coming and say, hey, you're actually so worthy of love. And despite what the world has told you, despite what humanity experiences you've had, you are worthy of love and there's a love that is crying out for you. The questions that you have asked for so long, there's an answer and he's waiting for you and his name is Jesus. And he saved my life. What does that look like? And so again, I want to say we're not trying to be another Jesus Burgers. We're not trying to be an LA Dream Center. We're trying to be CLA in the Killarney Glengarry community of Calgary. God's given us this building to be a place to bring transformation to be a place to bring identity, to be a place to show the love of God to the people that maybe they've never experienced it before or maybe it's been a very long time since they've experienced it. And I know I've mentioned this before and, and just, just to help us, I'm just saying these things to help us dream. I, there's, a, there's an invitation for us to dream together this morning. 
What does it look like? And maybe you go to another church on Sundays usually, or maybe this is your first time in church. Hey, you're welcome to come dream with us as well. You're welcome to co- go dream with the church that you attend normally. Like this is the, that's why there are many churches so that we can be in every community and we can impact those communities. But what does it look like when we end up buying this strip mall here and we put in a hair salon and we put in a restaurant and we put in a spa and then we have a rental van that we go into downtown and we go to the mustard seed or the drop-in center and we say, who wants, who wants free haircuts? Who needs some food? Who wants a spa day free of charge? And we, we load up the van and we bring them over to this mall that we own the strip mall and we say, well, you can have whatever you want. People are starting to talk. Oh, you, do you know CLA? Oh, that's the place where I've never actually been, I've never loved myself to think I deserve a spa day. And the first time anyone ever offered me that kind of love was CLA. And they say, do you want a free spa day? It's the little things. It's the, it's the going into the dirt with the low, with the marginalized, with those that society would say, you don't deserve a spa day. You don't deserve a nice restaurant meal. You don't deserve a haircut. And then I love that reconciliation ministry and having a place where there's a counselor we have a counseling building. We have, you know, and we've actually created, not in a exclusive city type way, but a, of a look at what we have for the city to come and take part in. If you need counseling, if you need therapy, if you need something, this is like you can come here, and we're going to help you. So, what does this look like? And obviously, there are many, many steps in getting there. But the, the purpose behind the sermon this morning is to get us to start thinking. It's to get us to start dreaming. God, how do you want to use me? I know I've talked a lot this morning on using CLA as a whole, as a collective. But maybe in this moment, you, you need to ask God, God, how do you want to use me? Or maybe you have to ask God, God, how do you see my worth? And this is a sidetrack, but I feel like there's someone here in this room this morning, and you need to know the words that I spoke to those, to those girls six years ago. God wants to speak those words to you right now. That maybe you've been wronged by a man or by a woman. They've taken advantage of you. But God wants you to know that that was not your fault, that you're not a mistake that you are so loved beyond a love that you've ever experienced before, that it's not too late for you. That health and relationship, it's not too late for you to find health in a relationship. So here's my final ode to us is that we wouldn't be gluttonous Christians, CLA. And I know this can be a convicting message because it's convicting me. But if we're gathering here for the sake of just consuming, 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 we're missing the point. We, we need to give. Otherwise, we're, it, it's actually apathy. It's apathy disguising itself as holiness. 
if Sunday morning is good enough for me, you know, I, I go to church every Sunday. I read my Bible every single day, one time. You know, there's this, we've created this routine that's actually allowed us to be apathetic because we're not willing to go beyond the boundaries of the routine that we've created. And so I will have a, I forgot to mention, we have a part two online. That'll be another 20 minute or so video that we'll be posting as well. So if you want more content, you can go watch that on our Facebook page or our YouTube. Uh, Carly, if you want to, if you would come up. So God, this morning, I pray that we would become like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Holy Spirit, would we feel so known by you? Would we cry out, he knew everything that I had done. And he still went out of his way to meet me at a well. He still went out of his way to meet me where I'm at. And I need to share, I need to share what I've experienced with people. God, would any of us with the calling of an evangelist on our lives, would we, maybe we've put it to the side or put it behind us. We feel as though that was a past season that we were in. I'm too shy. My personality, it's, it's, it's not optimal for meeting people or talking to people. It's, that's such a restrictive way of viewing evangelism. There's, there's so many avenues. There's what about your friends? What about the, the people that you have life with? So Holy Spirit, I, I thank you for the market. I thank you that this is a, a God-ordained belief or idea that we've been given. I believe that we are creating this, this central hub of come, let's just gather. Let's just gather. And this is step one of many steps, but we're just saying come and gather. Let me show you love. Our calling as a church and individually should allow us to simply be present to people. What if we get to be present to our community, to be resources who follow the Spirit's winds free, to speak the word of healing whenever and to whomever? God, would you use our voices to speak words of healing to whoever and whomever? whenever and what if our calling our ministry at CLA individually is to live lives that allow us to hear that word too God would we be able to hear words of healing from your voice so that we can speak words of healing to those that we come into contact with And so in this moment, we're going to transition. If you want to stay in this place, Carly will play for a little bit. If you want to pray for someone, if you feel a leading, hmm, that person across the room, I just, I really feel like God wants to share with them something this morning.
there's an open invitation for you to do so. As well as out there, we still have coffee and pastries. And if you feel as though you're being led to go have some community fellowship with one another, that is open to you as well. Children's ministry will go until 1130 as normal parents. Uh, Be blessed this Sunday. And remember, next week is online only, so don't show up.